I love your show, but it sounds terrible. No, it really does. Okay. So your message is amazing, but nobody's listening to it because your podcast just sounds bad. What are you going to do about it? In 2010, I discovered podcasts. They helped me get through the experiences of daily life following the birth of my daughter. The medium of podcasting really moved me, but the audio quality of podcast after podcast was outright bad. I actually reached out to several podcasters and told them, hey, I love your show, but it really sounds terrible. Let me help you. And that's exactly what I did. Asking why sound quality of a podcast matters is like asking why a restaurant needs to serve good, edible food. It's super important to your show. Well, the last few weeks, we've talked about sound quality and how to get it. And I wanted to share one more conversation that I had recently. Ray Edwards, who is a master copywriter to people like Tony Robbins and Michael Hyatt, recently welcomed me onto his podcast to talk about podcasts, podcasting, and how to fix your podcast audio. We also talked about podcasting being on the rise, the engagement, intimacy, and connection that podcasting offers, and how this translates to podcasting for business. The bond you build with your listener is like nothing else. It's accelerated. We've talked about this before. Not to mention establishing yourself as an expert. Both are very effective in podcasts. Ray and I cover a wide range of topics relating to podcasts in this interview. We talk about whether to script or not to script. What do you say to the business person that takes a do-it-yourself podcast course and attempts to launch a podcast on their own? Four reasons why sound quality is important. Respect for your podcast audience. Paying attention to your sound design. Utilizing things like DSing and other techniques to improve your sound of your podcast. And aligning your brand with your podcast. So without further ado, here's my interview with Ray Edwards. Tip of the week this week. Your podcast sucks. What are you going to do about it? You've got a great message. You've got something to say to the world. And you put it on a podcast and nobody listens. Why does nobody listen? Because your podcast sounds like crap. That's why. So many podcasts sound like crap. I'm talking about not what you're saying. I'm talking about the audio quality of your podcast. That's why we have a guest on today who's going to tell us how to fix that problem. His name is Danny Osmond. Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. And I'm even better now that I've seen your super professional studio set up. It's kind of inspired me. <laughs> I'd love it if you'd share a paragraph or two about who you are and what you do. Who I am and what I do. Well, you know, I spent a long time pursuing a dream uh, that I'm sort of still working in. Uh, I was a musician starting out. I actually have a master's degree in conducting. So the guy that gets up in front of the orchestra and waves his arms. And I did that for a long time. I did that for 10 years uh, professionally in D.C. working at the Kennedy Center. And that's where I met my wife. Um, and in 2008, uh, my daughter was born, Elena. And Elena actually suffered a brain injury at birth, um, which has resulted in cerebral palsy. And what it meant for us practically at the time was that one of us was going to need to stay home. And both of us were successful working musicians, which is pretty rare <laughs> for a lot of people. We actually had salaried jobs where um, we were getting paid full time. And she happened to have the benefits, the health benefits. So I was um, volunteered, voluntold. Uh, I was part of the, <laughs> the decision too to leave and try to figure out something on my own. And luckily I'd been messing around with 
recording and and editing and mixing things for oh, 10 years at that point and decided that I could try and start a home studio, which is what I did. And in about two years, was able to move out of that full-time job um, and move home and be there with my daughter so that we could be flexible if there were appointments and things like that. And I did that for a while. And then in, I guess it was 2010, I discovered podcasts. I was kind of late to the podcasting game and started listening to some podcasts that really helped me out, um, really helped me get through a lot of the the trauma of my daughter's birth and the the experiences and, and the daily life that we were living and some of the frustrations that I had. And it just really moved me. The, the medium of podcasting really moved me. And I decided, well, hey, you know, I can... I do this recording thing, I can probably get into helping podcasters sound better at the time because I was noticing that a few of them weren't sounding really good at all. You're so gracious. <laughs> I know, exactly. So I actually reached out to some podcaster and I, and, I, and I said, hey, you know, I really love your show, but it sounds terrible. Please let me help you and started doing it for free um, and worked with some really great people that way. Uh, and at, as I've worked more with it, I've just done it more professionally till to where, you know, two or three years ago, it finally became most of what I do is working with podcasters, um, helping them launch shows, helping them produce shows, helping them make them make their show sound better. Uh, and I really believe in the medium, um, you know, and today when it's so hard for people to walk an inch in someone else's shoes, let alone a mile, I think podcasting is a form of new media where we actually get to hear people's stories and we get to hear messages that can be laid out in a much longer form and we can actually understand what's going on in other people's lives. And that's why they're powerful for me. So it seems like video is all the rage these days. I mean, everybody's focused on YouTube and IGTV and so forth. So is podcasting still, is it on the rise or is it declining? Well, it's definitely on the rise. Edison Research and even Nielsen have done a lot of research over the past almost 10 years now. And podcasting has seen steady 2 to 4% growth every year where you've seen plateaus in video content. You've seen people get you know, used to it or, or blogging content the same way. People get used to it and they, and they know what's there. But podcasting has grown. And I think it's practically because it's easy to listen to podcasts in a lot more places. You can listen on the job, at the gym, while you're walking your dog, while you're driving a car, while you're naked in the shower in the morning listening, while you're curling your hair. It's, it's accessible and it's easy to use. But like I said, it is a medium where you actually have the time to get to know someone, to get to hear a story. Um, one of the podcasts that I first stumbled into and, and really fell in love with was uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, where literally three or four times a week, he's having three hour conversations with guests talking about many, many, many different subjects. And it's a type of show where you discover things that you never even knew existed, or you hear points of view that you'd never even considered. Because I mean, for me, I grew up middle class, white kid in the suburbs, a lot of stuff I never knew existed or never knew some of the, the trials and tribulations that people were going through um, because I never faced them. I never saw them. I went to a 
nice university and, and had a college fund that my grandfather set up for me. I never had to worry about much. Um, so I, I think that's why those two reasons, the, the practicality of being able to multitask while listening to podcasts and learning stuff and the, the long form nature. Um, also, there's an intimacy. You know, there's an intimacy when you're, you know, millimeters away from someone's eardrums and your voice is there. You can, you can influence and, and impact and all those words that we like to use. <laughs> That's absolutely spot on. I mean, when I first started listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast, I was a little put off by the length of the interviews. And then I began to realize I'm, I'm getting in-depth information and stories here I'd never gotten before. Mm-hmm. So I've really become a fan of the long form nature of podcasts. Yeah. But how does that apply to a business person? I mean, the average company entrepreneur or CEO is not going to do three-hour interviews on their podcast. So how does this translate to business people? The main thing for me, well, there are two main reasons that it works for business people, for entrepreneurs, for um, anyone who's not interviewing famous people (laughs) for three hours. It's, It's building a relationship. Um, I mean, think about it this way. The bond that you would build if you spent, um, let's say, the average, I think last year, the average podcast was 22 minutes weekly. And this year, people are enjoying 45-minute every other week shows or something like that. So if you spent that much time every week in the car with your friend or at your job or working out at the gym, talking to your friend or listening to your friend. And then you also had them with you in the morning as you were getting ready. You build a, a bond pretty quickly. And that level of knowing the person, liking them and trusting them is accelerated with a podcast. Um, and again, if, if you speak for the second reason is really the, the authority that you can build, the expert, the expert status you can build... If you talk about something for a half hour a week, pretty quickly in three, four, five weeks, you're going to cover a lot of stuff and people are going to know, oh, they know what they're talking about. And I need to listen to this person. I need to trust this person because they wouldn't be able to talk this much about it. They wouldn't be able to share this much knowledge. Tell me these stories every week that relate to this point that they're making or this problem that they're helping me solve if they didn't know what they were talking about. So that know, like, and trust and then authority and, and, and power and expertise that you get is, is very effective in podcasts. So I just want to ask about some things that I've observed. Sure. Let's start with this. What about scripting? I've listened to podcasts that were obviously scripted. What do you think about that? I go back and forth because for me, uh, I actually prefer to script my own show. But it's a loose script where I then play off of it. So I know exactly what I'm going to do. Um, I, I'm the type of person, even though I have a podcast, I like to stay behind the desk, the, the console. I want to edit the show. I want to coach people. I want to do that. I, I, even though I was a performer, I'm, I'm an introvert. So I feel more comfortable with a script. However, I practiced long and hard to make sure that I could sound unscripted and I tested and I made sure that I asked mastermind groups I was in, I was like, Hey, listen to my podcast tell me if you think it's scripted or not. And so I worked at it and worked at it and worked at it. And it actually helped me like with my copywriting skills and things like that by scripting that stuff. But for most people, if you have the gift of being able to talk, all you really need are bullet points 
talking points to keep you <laughs> keep you organized and keep you on track for where you want to end up in the episode. But most people like, for instance, I'll take myself. I have, let's see right now, maybe 15 or 20 podcasts in several different podcast apps on my iPhone that I listen to. And I would say that at least 18 out of the 20 are not scripted. They're people that just talk. They are authentic conversations. And as much as I talk about editing podcasts and needing to make things sound intelligent or clarify things, you know, if you were to start asking me a question and you essentially rephrased it three times, I'd cut out two of those phrases. But I like Joe Rogan's podcast, which is completely unscripted and completely unedited because it's real and it's and it's authentic. So I'm one of those people that goes both ways. I like an authentic podcast that's unedited, but at the same time, I script my own and would feel lost if I didn't at least write down my thoughts. And then I also have a, a blog post to use, you know, <laughs> at the same time. On our show, we use bullet points and then we just riff. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I found that most people are not able to read a script and sound like they're not reading. And that's the challenge with that. Yeah, and I, and if people want a script for the first five episodes or so and really get into it, I found myself that after I did five to 10 episodes, I was going off script so much that I just eliminated, cut cut it down to more of a bullet, bullet pointed outline, that type of thing. Well, yeah. and we use an editor, my brother, Chris Edwards, who's a master at this stuff. Um, actually edits our show and produces it for us. And he cuts out the parts where I sound like an idiot. Yeah. Well, most of the time he leaves some stuff in. I'm not sure why. I do too. I leave stuff in to make people sound human. Like that's the thing is you can edit the snot out of something. Well, you got to let your personality come through. I mean, mm -hmm. you could have somebody, you could have a CPA doing a show about CPA stuff, which would be totally boring to me. Mm -hmm. Well, Actually, that's not true because um, Mike Michalowicz has the Profit First podcast, yeah. which is about CPA stuff. And it's fantastic. It's exciting. It's funny. It's wild and crazy. <laughs> so he's got a personality on him. So what about this? Um, what do you think about somebody who's like a CEO or an entrepreneur, startup company guy mm -hmm. or gal, and they decide they're going to start a podcast. So the first thing they do is they run out and they get a DIY course about how to make their own podcast. Yeah. And they're hooking up mixers, yeah. microphones, and trying to figure out where to put the feed and the... ID3 tags. And what do you think about all that? Well, you know, we could, I could talk for a little bit about the, the results of that usually. And I, and I talk, uh, you know, you you commented on my studio here. I have a very professional studio, thousands, and it's gotten less expensive. You know, 10 years ago, my studio would have been a half a million dollar studio. Now it's probably a $50,000 studio in terms of the equipment and the, the software and the plugins and the noise reduction doodads and wizardry that goes on. So it's gotten easier and, and equipment's gotten easier to use. But of the, and I, and I, you gave me the term handcrafted. I should talk about myself as a handcrafted, um, boutique studio or whatever, because I, I have 15 to 20 clients at any time. And I like that because I can focus on them. And as much as I've helped those clients sound amazing, the real help they've gotten is by not having to do the stuff that they are not an expert at. They waste so much time and I do the same thing. And, and you know, some of these people, um, I have someone that helps me with Facebook advertising and, and funnel creation and click funnels. And I have someone who's helping me with Google pay-per-click stuff. And I have a web developer because every time I've tried to figure that stuff out, me, the tech person who does 
audio wizardry for a living, I sit down and spend a half a day trying to figure out how to move one thing around in WordPress. And why am I doing that? There's no reason for me to do that. So I hired someone to do that. And it's the same thing with podcasts. As easy as it is, if you learn how to do all the stuff, you still take more time than I do. I actually have a, a, a PDF that I share on Facebook sometimes. We're like, for a half hour show on average, from start to finish, it takes me about an hour of time to do everything. Record it, edit it, produce it, master it, upload it, post it, distribute it, whatever. Whereas the average podcast host that would do the same thing would take three hours. And I have examples. Um, yeah, <laughs> one of my clients, uh, Katie Kremitzos, uh, Biz Women Rock podcast, she was doing her own work for 250 some episodes. And when she hired me, she got all that time each week. She was spending three hours, four hours a week working on it. In the, I guess it's about a year and a half now since she's worked with me. She has tripled her revenue because each week she had that much time back to think about well, what could I do? What, what could I provide to my masterminds? Could I create a membership site? Could I do this, that, and the other thing? And that mental energy that she got back from not having to do her podcast grew her business immensely. Um, so as much as I help with sound quality, that's been the thing is just getting people time back to, to do what they're an expert at to, to, to grow their business. Well, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, I don't, I used to do all this stuff myself and it took me maybe four hours to do a one hour podcast every week. Mm -hmm. And I finally bit the bullet and stopped doing that and hired Chris to do our production and editing for us. And now all I do is sit down and talk and then I don't do anything else and it all just happens. Right. And it sounds incredibly, it sounds so much better than it did when I did it. It's better than anything I ever did or ever would have done. Mm -hmm. And so it's a big deal to get somebody who's qualified to do that stuff so that you can do the stuff that only you can do. Right. So the crucial thing is you get all your time back so you can focus on the stuff that brings you the most ROI, the activities that actually bring in revenue for you and your company. So get somebody who's good. Don't hire somebody off Fiverr. What you need is a handcrafted boutique studio to take care of it for you. Exactly. And, you know, we talked a little bit about how I started out complaining to podcasters about how their sound quality was terrible. And there's a lot of, like you mentioned, there's a lot of DIY stuff out there. There's a lot of YouTube series and videos and free stuff. And I even have a mini course and I have a checklist that would essentially teach people how to do it. Um, but people say, well, you know, if the content is good, people will listen no matter what. And, and I disagree. Um, I, I really disagree. Asking why sound quality matters in a podcast is like asking why is it important for a restaurant to serve edible food, you know, it, it, the sound quality of a podcast needs to be clear. It needs to be without distractions, um, background noise, hiss, distracting room reverb, you know, otherwise it's like listening to someone talk with their mouth full of food or like they're screaming at you or something like that. It's not easy to listen to. And I actually have like four reasons why sound quality is, is important. Um, the first is ease of use, you know, you need the podcast to sound good so people can hear and understand. And we hear content is king, content is king. But poor audio quality is a distraction from the content. And high quality audio actually highlights your content. The listeners are there to hear your message. They want to listen to your stories. And 
they want to take the information you're providing. They want you to solve their problem. And the reason they chose to listen to your podcast is they're multitasking, right? So if they have to burn extra brain calories trying to cut through the like literal noise that's in your podcast, they it, it totally defeats the purpose of consuming podcasts on the go in the first place. Another thing, podcasters, we talked about that connection. They want to feel like the listener wants to feel like they're in the room with you. And if they're focusing on trying to understand you or hearing your dog bark in the background or ignoring your HVAC system, the message is going to be lost. Um, there, there's all sorts of research out there where we, we see that high quality sound, um, our, our brain is less forgiving of bad audio. Um, if you've ever watched a movie where the audio is bad, it doesn't matter how good the story is or how beautiful the Im imagery is. You're actually pulled out of the experience. And YouTube actually tested this. They found that people click away from their videos quicker if the audio is bad than if the video is bad. Um, and it's and it's a practical thing too. You know, if you take someone who lives in a big city and they are running around, and you decided to have your guest record using their MacBook Pro microphone and you're using a Blue Yeti microphone on omnidirectional um, and you didn't do anything in terms of mastering or things like that, the audio is never going to be able to compete with the street noise. It's, it's going to be hard to listen to. And if they can't hear you over that noise, they're not going to listen anymore. Well, the connection that you form with people on your podcast is absolutely real, and it can be kind of spooky. I don't know if you've ever had this uh, happen to you or not, but I have people show up at conferences or places where I'm speaking, and they'll start telling me things about myself. I wonder, how did you know that? And then I realize, <laughs> oh, I told this story on my podcast. And I've actually had people say to me, I met you on your podcast, which I think is a very interesting choice of words. Well, yeah, and, and that bond, there has to be a respect for your audience. Um, when I help someone launch a podcast... I want them to provide a great experience for the listener because I'm not interested in wasting the listener's time. And that's what happened to you. I mean, the listener expects the person most responsible for producing the audio of the podcast actually cares about them and their experience. And listeners, and, and I've, I've had this told to me anecdotally that they have this internal struggle <laughs> where they encounter poor quality sound on a show that they enjoy. And they like the content, but they're uncomfortable with the sound. And you don't want to put them in that position. And then what happens is that they just leave. After three or four episodes, they stop downloading. Um, they're, they're just going to unsubscribe. And you need to make sure that you don't put them in that position. Um, it's, it's like what I said. Like if, you're, if, if a listener is going to let you get within an inch of their eardrums, you owe it to them to provide a comfortable and clear listening experience. Um, and, and like I, I could go on and on. I didn't even get into like harmful sound where there's a certain type of distortion called clipping where it can actually damage speakers. Uh, if you don't DS, meaning like actually tamp down the S frequency, the s, it can give people headaches. And, you know, we've actually seen uh, the, the diplomats in Cuba, right, where sound was weaponized. It, it can actually hurt people. It can make people ill if you don't treat it, if you don't 
do a better job and give them that comfortable experience. And that's that's one of the things that I, I try to talk about regularly um, at podcasting conferences too, because most people aren't thinking about it that way. They're thinking, oh, it's if it's good enough for them to hear, it's okay. No, you, you can go further and it's easier to go further. Well, it's interesting. Sound is so important and sound quality is so important. Even on YouTube, if you look at the biggest YouTubers and especially the ones that specialize in the technical, talking about the technical stuff about digital filmmaking, uh, Peter McKinnon and people like that, um, they are actually focusing these days a lot on sound design and making sure they mix in the elements of sound, get the sound purity and quality just right, because it has a huge influence on the impact that the video may have. I mean, the video itself may be shaky or out of focus in places, but they're really paying attention to the sound quality. So I think the bottom line is people need to pay attention to this. They need to get, you need to get it taken care of. Make sure your podcast sounds as excellent as you want people to believe your product or your service is. So Danny, let me ask you, let me put the question to you. If people want to talk to you about your services or how you can help them or how they can make their podcast sound better, how do they get in touch with you? The easiest way is to go to my studio webpage. Um, and that's emeraldcitypro.com. Emerald City as in my last name, Osmond. Um, it's got a cool logo. It's, it's been there for a while, but that's the easiest way, uh, to get in touch with me and, and see all the things that I do and ask questions and just set up a time, um, to talk. Uh, I give free sound assessments for people that already have podcasts, or if you're thinking about a podcast, we can definitely do a discovery call and, and work through your needs and, and the best ways. Um, I think I may have mentioned it, but as much as we've talked about sound, I spend a lot more time with my launch clients and and my done for you clients talking about brand strategy at the beginning and aligning their brand so that their podcast can actually fit into it and aligns with the brand that they created so that when you start talking to a listener, it's the listener you want. It's the listener that actually will participate and maybe become a client and help you grow your business. Um, and then we get in all the technical stuff. and But at the end, we spend a lot of time on launch because launching a podcast is a very tricky thing. It's It's got its own unique um, <laughs> unique issues that were created by Apple uh, a long time ago that they haven't rectified yet. But uh, it's, it's a little bit different than launching a Patreon or launching a, a YouTube channel or doing a, you know, PLF style launch and we work through that and I spend a lot of time with clients on that as well. So here's one thing you should know if you're going to get in touch with Danny, do it soon because one of the first things I'm going to convince him to do is multiply his rates by 10 and you need to book him before he does that. There you have it. A word to the wise is sufficient. Fix your crappy podcast. I want to continue to thank everybody that's rated and reviewed the show. All of the feedback has been amazing and I really appreciate all of it. I want to encourage you, if you have friends who are small business owners, work in a medium-sized business, marketing professionals, other podcasters, whatever, anyone you think would benefit from learning about this, my goal is to spread the amazing things that podcasting can do for the world, for businesses, to as many people as possible. So if you can, please share this podcast with anyone you know that you think would benefit from it.